Objects, said philosopher Jean-Paul Sartre, should not touch because they are not alive. You use them, put them back in place, you live among them, they are useful, nothing more. But they touch me, it's unbearable. I'm afraid of being in contact with them as though they were living beasts. After using my mum's old Tupperware containers as grief therapy after she passed away a few years ago, I became fascinated at how and why such a simple piece of plastic could hold so much emotion for me. How could these objects touch me so deeply? So I became overtaken with wonder at how my use of objects owned, used and cherished by her could be so powerful and therapeutic. Why do we invest so much in things? How could a basic, empty plastic container, a mere tool, make us so happy? And surely, in a world crowded with waste, disposability, materialism and hyper-consumerism, investing meaning in objects, in stuff, is part of the problem. And Tupperware, I mean, it's just an empty plastic container bound for landfill, right? Or is it a container of fascinating intergenerational stories? Well, I'm on the road to discovering the answers to these questions, plus a whole world of stories about us. Women, men, people, children, community, food, family, friendship, empowerment, and more. So Sartre, it seems, was onto something. Objects just aren't objects. My name is Megan Spencer, and this is Auspicious Plastic, a podcast. Hello, hello. Test, test. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, good. All right. So I'm rolling. Okay. So come on in. Yep. So I realise that I have a lot of these books kind of in boxes elsewhere, but the most important ones are here. This is Carrie King. Carrie works at a digital startup in Berlin, and we met there at a podcasting meetup. When I told her about Auspicious Plastic, she immediately told me about her stash of precious journals, which she'd been writing and confiding in since she was very young. Originally from Ireland and a seasoned light traveller, the one thing Carrie takes with her wherever she goes are these precious diaries. They currently live in the drawer of a beautiful old antique wooden desk which she found at a local flea market. So what, what, first of all, yeah. what, what is this? This is my desk. This is kind of where I... This is just my little corner of the world <laughs> yeah but yeah. it's a beautiful oldish desk yeah it is yeah we went looking at several desks and lots of different antique shops in, in, Here, Berlin. in yeah, Berlin. Yeah, so yeah. this is an old antique yeah desk. it's an antique yeah. desk I got it in a market somewhere in Friedrichshain of course you yeah did. yeah of course <laughs> um so yeah and this is my my stack of my pile of shame, my unread books that are still waiting and looking at me. That's quite a tower of power. Yeah, there. there's, there's more over here. <laughs> so uh, we'll get there eventually. Yep. But uh, yeah, so this is just basically all of my stuff. And okay. I don't spend as much time here as I would like to, unfortunately. But yeah, I have, it's, there's like just stacks of old stuff and notebooks and stationery yep. and kind of, you know, Print stick, glue, all the important stuff. Yes. Post-it notes. Yes, it's <laughs> it is. Stuff. It's a stationary. It's, it's, it's basically my stationary <laughs> corner. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, and so I have a lot of these downstairs in books, but these are probably the most important ones. Wow. So, so we've just are... opened a drawer on the bottom. There's a couple of drawers on this old desk, and Carrie's just opened the drawer. What's in front of us? Um, a stack of well-worn notebooks, all of different colours and shapes and sizes and age at this point. So um, this is journals, essentially, that yeah. you've been writing since when? 
Um, since, well, this is like, I have had older diaries, but this one here is the first one. And this is, I'm pretty sure, 2001. How uh, old were you then? 13. Okay, 13. So this is like first your first time. one? Well, I had other ones beforehand when I was kind of, say, seven, eight, nine. But they're very much, I went to see my friend Yvonne today. We saw a cat. It was great. <laughs> so these are the first times that I kind of actually started writing in a more... Um, I guess extended way and kind like of a like, thoughtful in a, in a thoughtful way exactly yeah. what I was thinking and feeling and what was happening yeah. around me yeah. yeah so inner reflections yeah, yeah. exactly and, and how many of these well, let's call them diaries I've always called them diaries yeah. what about you yeah yeah it, it changes I briefly when I was a teenager called them journals for a while when I was about 16 17 because I thought that was cooler than diaries <laughs> but um, yeah I guess they are diaries yeah. and I mean this this one starts with dear diary the very first one because I was small. <laughs> and, and how many are in this, this particular drawer here? This drawer, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, and there's more elsewhere. So how, how long have you been writing journals for or diaries? Um, um, I mean, I guess probably about 20 years now, really, because I would have started when I was about nine or 10. Do you recall the first time you put pen to paper? Yeah, I do, because my teacher, when I was in about, I think when I was about eight, gave me an old, kind of, you know, one of these old organisational calendar diaries, um, and I think it was about three years old, but it was blank, and she was like, here, kid, you're right on this. So I kind of, like, scratched out the old dates and, like, resynced them up to the actual year that I was in at the time, and then started writing them, and those are the ones that are very much, I went here, I saw this. It was good, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and do you remember what it felt like to start writing a diary and write your inner reflections down, like actually manifest them on paper? Yeah, I do, because I remember feeling kind of it was sort of important, not necessarily to me, um, but it was important because I was always scared, particularly in the first ones, I was always scared someone else would read them. And so I even remember now, like, there's lots of stuff that I've written in these early ones that I know aren't, not no more true you know it's like it's I'm writing a version of what I think people would should read if they were to read it you know so it's I, I remember being very very aware of that at the time and uh, did you have brothers I'm just wondering if you were worried that they would you know steal your diary and read it and ridicule you or something yeah I had two brothers um and I have a sister as well um and no I that what didn't worry me at all I have to say um, I remember my mother did read one of my diaries once when I was small and yeah that was really and that's kind of when I, I so when I started when I was about say eight or nine and then I stopped for a while because I was very conscious of that mm. um, but then when I started writing this one I was in boarding school um, so I was surrounded I was sleeping in a room full of 12 other 13 year olds so yeah that was definitely a fear so I, I, I got into the habit of carrying them with me everywhere just in case and I still do I still always carry a notebook with me yeah. So this one in particular, this is interesting. I'm going to describe it. It is purple and fluffy. It's purple and fluffy. I was 13. <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm not laughing at you. I think it's beautiful. No. I'm actually going to touch yeah, it. Yeah, touch it. Yeah. yeah, it's purple and fluffy. And I think anyone who was a kid in the kind of late 90s, early 2000s will remember Bang on the Door. It was a very popular brand for girls around that age. And I think Groovy Chick was the most popular one. But this one I think is hilarious because this one is like, it says party animal on the front <laughs> and there's a little embroidered person. Yes. It, it's, it's not really gender specific. It's kind of gender fluid. Um, and 
she's holding what is apparently a bottle of wine and like a four pack of beer. <laughs> so Perfect for 13 year olds. This was very aspirational on my part, I think. So at the start, you were 13 and 13. you're writing. What, what's it like here? Um, so here my writing is very bubbly. It's very fat. It's, it's still quite messy, but um, it's I remember this being a conscious choice to try and have bubbly, friendly looking writing. And there was a girl in my class called Cora who dotted her eyes with circles. And I thought I'd try that for a while. So even my exclamation marks and good God, there's a lot of exclamation marks. <laughs> um, did you ever try dotting the eyes with love hearts like I did when I was very young? I think occasionally, but it would have been very, you know, specific occasions. That's, that's a lot of effort, you know, you know. And then by the end of this, so you wrote it over three years. Three so years, you were 13 yeah. at the start and 16 at the end? About 16, yeah. yeah. And so by the end, it's a spidery scroll, absolutely tiny. Mm. Um, and my yeah, my handwriting is still pretty similar to this now. So how many of these do you think you have all together? I probably have about 20 of them, I think. Yeah. Um, and these are just kind of the diary ones. I also have ones that are like, um, have quotes written in them or have, you know, words written in them that I didn't know before or, um, yeah, like sections, pa- passages of books that I really like. So, um, so Carrie, in a way, this sounds like these books also helped you acquaint yourself with language and learn language and learn expression and your voice is that too long a bow um no not at all I mean I think uh writing is how I think um and often I find that I I don't know how I feel about something until I can write it down so for me these are very important um and yeah I still to this day carry one with me at all times Mm -hmm. because I'm always afraid that there'll be a moment where I'd either need to remember something or I'll need to think about it differently, and that helps. Joan Didion said that. She didn't know how she thought about something until she wrote about it. She has this lovely quote, which I read much later as an adult, but it's something, this isn't exactly it, but it's something about um, it's a good idea to be in nodding terms with the people you used to be, whether or not you find them pleasant company, and I think that's true. And I think what's interesting about looking back at old diaries is not only how I've changed, but how I haven't changed, you know, what's the same like all the things that I was worrying about when I was 13 are just different versions of the things that I worry about now. So it's, um, I think that's what's interesting to me. Have you had a love affair with writing over your life? Um, I don't know if I'd describe it as that. It's just always been a part of my life. Yeah, it's yeah. something that I, I don't know how not to do. I always feel like if I haven't written anything for a few weeks, I feel it and I, I start to feel bad and I, I never really realise why it is until I write something down and then I'm like, oh, okay, there's this intense sense of relief yeah, that comes from that. I'm Megan Spencer and you're listening to Auspicious Plastic. It's a podcast about objects and how they can bring meaning and joy to our lives. What I think is remarkable is that you've You've got quite a large collection, 20 or so notebooks plus or diaries and the other books you said. But what I think is remarkable is that, so you're from Ireland originally, you now live in Berlin and wherever you've travelled and ended up, you've taken them all with you. Yeah, yeah, because I don't know, I couldn't really be without them. Not that I, it's not that I, I don't reread them or anything, but it's just, I think because I've carried them with me, wherever, one of these with me wherever I've gone, so... One of these books has been everywhere I have been. And so they're almost like extensions of as much a part of me as a physical part of me. You know? So mementos across your life? Yeah, they're basically my horcruxes, you know. 
if anyone wants to kill me, these are probably the things to stab. (laughs) (laughs) They have a metaphysical role in your life as well. So what else have we got in here? There's a beautiful... Is that a leather one there? This one here? Yeah, it's leather. And it's very moldy looking leather. And, wow. the, the, and the thing is, this looks much older than it is. This is not even, let me see what date, 2010. Yeah. I mean, Were you writing with a, a fountain pen in any no, of this? No, these are all biros yeah. or pencils or whatever. I'm not, I'm not that fancy. Look at all um, the dog-eared pages. Yeah, dog-eared pages. And, and some of them are very much scrapbooks. Like some of them, like a lot, there's a lot of concert tickets in here, play tickets, like set lists from gigs. This one is from... I don't know. Oh, this is from Of Montreal, an American band I very much like. Um, some sketches some as well. Some sketches. There's flowers that I got. There's like beer mats from particular nights out. There's like, what's this? Oh, that's a set list from a friend's band. Um, and yeah, so some of them are very, very scrapbooky um, and like postcards and boarding passes, you know. Fantastic. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in here. And it kinda, it's quite, they're quite moldy. This is, this is Iron and Wine in 2011 in the Olympia. Iron and Wine. Yeah. Sam Bean. Yeah, it was good. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I've got lots of, and I got into the habit of collecting set lists as well. So I have a big stash of those too. So um, do people think you're a bit crazy when they realise that you're dragging this from pillar to post with you? Like this is the one thing that you won't let go? Not many people know about them, really. I think like a friend of mine, I told her about them and she also kept diaries, but she burned them. She burns them when she's done with them. And to me, that's like, <gasps> and I, I can see why it would be incredibly therapeutic that you're not dragging all these things around with you. But I don't know, I would find it very difficult. Maybe that says something about me that I can't let go of the past. I don't know. So in other words, these are incredibly precious to you. Yeah, they are for sure. I, I ask most people this when I interview them for Auspicious Plastic. Do you think it's possible to love an object? Oh, completely. Yeah. I think lots of people have things that are extensions of themselves. We, we fill our homes with, you know, all the stuff that signify who we are. And I think that is an extension of love for sure. What would happen if you lost any of these? How would you feel? Um, I don't know. I've never really thought about it because I've always just carried them around with me. But um, I mean, I guess I would, it, it's like anything. You, you kind of move on from it. But I would, I would of course be sad, yeah, if I lost one. You don't want to think about it, probably. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I think I would be sad, but I also, I know that they're, they're done. So in a way, what I do carry them with me, I think if I, if I lost something, I would be kind of just curious where it ended up, you know, particularly if I lost it, if I left it on a bus or something, like where would it end up? And that's, but I do have my name and address and phone number and all of them just in case. <laughs> Return to sender. Yeah. yeah. So what other ones have we got? We've got one here covered in uh there's a zebras zebras? yeah Yeah, um there's this is like a sketchbook this is from 2005 yes this is actually this is a very nice one because this is just when i started university and this is when i just moved out of home for the first time um and so it's really nice because i'm just so excited all the time (laughs) about everything and you know like i'm a student and i'm just going out all the time and I'm, I'm a terrible student but I am enjoying myself immensely so that's really nice um but you do write for a living don't you I do yeah yeah um so I I have done some journalism and right now I'm working as an editorial manager for a startup so given yeah. that you are a writer and you do write for a living do you think there might 
be, and we did mention Joan Didion, the memoir queen earlier, <laughs> and, and that you do read a lot. I mean, we're surrounded by books, as you mentioned earlier, that you are, some that you're reading and others that are on your to-read list. Do you think there might ever come a time when you would look back at these and maybe try and fashion some kind of book out of it, whether it be fiction in a novel or a memoir? Honestly, I don't think so. I feel like for me, these are just, it's purely a therapeutic exercise. Um, and I think a lot of it, because the thing is, most of the time when I write in these, it's I'm, I'm sad or I'm trying to work something out. Or So I think they're not necessarily an accurate reflection of my day-to-day life. They're just a reflection of what worries me more than anything else, I think. So I think it's, no, I, I wouldn't have really any desire to do so. But you find them comforting to keep with you. Definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because there's, there's, there is a, a sense of resolution in some of them, or at least um, being able to think through something. Um, and I think that's a nice thing for me, this idea that you, even though, as I said, like a lot of the problems that I had when I was, or things that I were, was worrying about when I was 13 are, are pretty much the same now, but it's nice to see the progress and it's nice to see no matter how bad I was feeling about something at some point that you come through it. Um, and I think, you know, like teenage years are very difficult and it's kind of nice to, it's nice to remember, you know, all the, all the things that were difficult, but also all the fun I had. And, you know, it's also nice to remember that I was a kid and that that's totally fine too, you know. It sounds like a really lovely, almost reflection back on your younger self and a kind act actually to your adult self because a lot of people really struggle with what happened to them in their younger years but you've managed to frame it somehow perhaps by writing it down and containing those memories and feelings in the books you've managed to um, wave at your younger self. Yeah definitely I mean I think it's it's more a sense of compassion and I think you know teenage diaries are absolutely mortifyingly embarrassing for sure but um, I think What's nice about them is that the struggle is real. You know, there is nothing harder than being a teenager and all of the things that teenagers go through. And I think that's why things like um, I see young adult authors, for example, who write young adult fiction and this this absolutely essential empathy and compassion that they offer to teenagers. And I think that's why I like reading back over these ones, because, yeah, that's what I needed then. And I think that compassion is a good thing to remember. When you're actually writing in in these books, do you what, what what do you feel like when you're actually doing it? Are you aware that you're doing it, or do you just get immersed in it? It depends. Honestly, sometimes I really struggle to do it. Sometimes I sit down with the intention of, of writing it and not being able to focus on it, and other times I can like write for hours and not think about it. Um, but there is always an immense sense of relief when I write them. Write in these. Yeah. The last person I spoke to for Auspicious Plastic, uh, he had a, a lucky hat. <laughs> And I asked him, because he had just had a young daughter, if he might pass that hat down to her because he has had it over quite a substantial period of time through very meaningful phases of his life, including one of them being the birth of this young daughter of his. Do you ever see that perhaps one day you might pass these on to a child that you have, if you have one, or to someone else? Is is that part of the journey of these precious books of yours um I think it would be kind of cruel to saddle people with hundreds of books probably hopefully by the time I'm an old lady but honestly no I'm thinking Viking funeral put me in a boat stack them under me and set me on fire 
that is how it should go out. Blaze of glory. <laughs> wow. And so how many, let's, let's calculate how many books might be on this bonfire by the time you oh. go. Let's say if you live to 80. How old are you now? I'm 29. Okay. So you, how, how many of these do you crank out a year? Uh, usually about one a year. Okay. Yeah, depending. So there's probably another 50 to go. Yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll just realise it's all a folly act at some point and stop. But um, yeah, I don't feel like I will. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're just, yeah, they're just all little parts of who I was at a certain stage. And that's kind of nice. And I, I like that all the covers are different. And I, and I have stacks of, of empty notebooks waiting for me as well. So yeah, I don't know. I think it's just, it's a worthy exercise, at least for me, because that's how I think. So yeah. That's it for another episode of Auspicious Plastic. Huge thanks to my guest or guests for their time and willingness to share their ideas and stories about the things that they love. And massive thanks also to gifted music composer and musician Jeremy Conlon, aka Cooper Black, for creating the auspicious music theme for this podcast. You can find the full complement of his music online at cooperblack.bandcamp.com. And if you'd like to share your story with me or get in touch, please email me at hello at themeganspencer.com or you can visit my website, themeganspencer.com. And thank you too, auspicious listener. I'm grateful for your time, attention and feedback. My name's Megan Spencer and you've been listening to Auspicious Plastic. It's a podcast made about precious objects, made with love and dedicated to my mother Margaret. Until next time.